Hey everybody, we at Podgave Rock and Roll Do You want to make it clear that we don't mean any offense by our comments, critiques, or opinions. We're not music critics, just buddies that use talking about music as an excuse to hang out. Also, our language is intended for adult ears. Enjoy! Cause I'm in the shit house Wish I played in a rock and roll band Somebody give me a dollar bill So I can pass out So, a question. You guys know what a didgeridoo is, right? The Australian throat singing thing, Josh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's worse, a didgeridoo or a bagpipe? Which instrument do you like least? Didgeridoo. Yeah, I agree. Is there any... What is the point of that? Like, is it just to do that thing and that's it? Um, yeah, well, I mean, I think it's more uh, aboriginal. Like that's where it like started. But does it? Um, and it, you change? know, there, it is a drone. It's a drone vibe that where you can play kind of notes and kind of little punchy howls or whatever. <laughs> um, punchy howls. I mean, I don't think it's just god awful. I think there is a place for it in certain kind of music. Or uh, so let me ask song, you this: then it, it's can, certainly not. I just wonder. Do you think a trained person? Could be like, now that's a world class didgeridoo player, and that's the fiftieth best. Well, I mean, could you really think like? And I'm not saying they can't. I just wonder about it. I do remember some friends from college where uh, <laughs> they would go play open mic. One brother was on bongos and the other brother was on didgeridoo, and they thought it, they thought it was the coolest fucking thing. And they weren't like terrible. They guys. weren't being ironic about it. No, no, they were super serious. Like we're getting into that didgeridoo scene. Heavy. What kind of music is this? Just, what would just, you cat- drum categorize drum the genre? Drum circle music. Drum circle. Open mic. K-pop. <laughs> um, let me get another beer to make D-pop. it through this music. <laughs> well, but I, so, do they have more than one song? This, song? this is great after five beers. It's like, <laughs> do they, they have more than one song? No, it was just vibes. Okay, right. just all right. So I was, I was just, just straight up beats, beats, vibes. Tone. Do you remember the name of said band? No, I I think there was a name, but I don't remember it. Did you, there um, obviously there was a name? Do you think any uh, act well, has saying, ever gone what up I'm, and what not I'm remembering had a name? is the two brothers going to open mic night and just doing their thing. I I I they weren't like a touring band. <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking open mic night in front of ten. That's people. fantastic. Though. Even <laughs> even when you go up for an open mic night, you have a name. You're not like, ladies and gentlemen, coming up next is. Uh, Nobody, maybe no. Well, it would have been Chris and Sam. <laughs> Chris and Chris and Sam, ladies and gentlemen, bongos and the didgeridoo. What, someone should do a bagpipe didgeridoo combination. <laughs> if you just smoked a doobie, they this are, is gonna be great. This will be great for they are your Friday night regulars here at the coffee house. No, you should do it. We should do a bagpipe and didgeridoo duo. That would just be fantastic. I think that would be a um, breaking new ground there. What What was your guys's first open mic night experience? I can tell you my first. I, I did a gig um, before I did an open mic because I was with a band, and I'll tell you my experience. My experience was, I ate a bunch of mushrooms about an hour before it started. Jesus! <laughs> and during the sound check, I was in the bathroom thinking I was going to throw up. And during the first set, I couldn't tell if my guitar was Go on. Just if, full rock and roll. I tell, full rock and roll. I right couldn't tell if my guitar was on or. If it was too loud or if the amp was off, I literally was so confused. But the second set was fantastic. And that's what everybody. That's what I remember. Nice. How about you? Mine was. I mean, I can remember mine. My first time I played, I was right after probably 
five months after I moved out here, I had like three songs. And uh, the person I was like living in her, on her chair at the time. You were living on her chair. Uh, Yeah, I was sleeping on her chair. What kind of chair? Um, <laughs> Barstool? Uh, I mean, it was like a, <laughs> an office chair. <laughs> it was kind of like one of those. It was kind of like one of those that you could lean back in, and then she had a little leg rest. Like but I, you know, I'm six two, so I basically. Do you call just? A, a, That's a I don't know if you call this an ottoman. It, it may just be no, but it was a it was no, no, a, it no, was no. Separate it's it's with not the foot because went, right, it was uh, separate. It was separate. I think you call that ottoman? Uh, separate little foot. It was almost like a. It would all. It was almost like a footstool. So basically, I had to uh, push it out to where like it was. My calves were resting on it, and I basically like laid across air most of my body because you know you laid across. You had a bed of air. Most comfortable. How long and did you just live is, on this? This was chair? your uh, performance at open mic night. <laughs> I did it for two months, and and but no, I mean I had just started to play guitar over like the last year, year and a half, and I. And I was like, yeah. And she was like, oh, you play guitar. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I got, got some songs I've been working on. And, not, and like she was like, I could tell she was like, oh, I don't really want to hear these. <laughs> and, then, and, then, and then I played them, and she was like, she was like, those are good enough for you to go to an open mic and play and see if you can't find some people to play with. <laughs> good and I was for like, you. really? And she was like, yeah. And I was like, sweet. So there was a place called the uh, Unurban coffee house on pico and like stewart hmm. and and i went and played there and there's like an, an old man it's right near mccabe's and there was like an oh, old man i and, think i've been there um, i've been there i played there one time yeah I play, and so i started doing that on thursdays or fridays and then there was that place over on um the talking stick over mm-hmm. on ocean park I've, uh across the, from that big big park actually, that's the place and I, I started playing I think- there regularly did I do an open mic there with you once? At Unurban or, or at the Talking Stick? The Talking Stick. And pro- right yeah, next the Talking to the Stick, subway. definitely. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, they moved. The Talking <laughs> Stick moved to Lincoln. Yes, and but they they had a pretty good crowd. I mean, like that you would, but man, you just when you go to open mics, and I'm not, you know, saying my songs were amazing, but whew, you hear some, you hear some good ones. Um, uh, it's it's a it's a grind. <laughs> you hear some ones. I was coming out of the gates hot. I wanted to uh, uh, display my skills. I tried to do Blackbird, my very first open mic at Tombstone Cafe in Frostburg. I obviously <laughs> didn't sing it, but it went well enough, you know. But someone, you know, 16, just trying to be like, I'm just going to fucking try the hardest song I can do. Um, you just went straight for an instrumental. <laughs> like, Let's do this, baby. It's, it's tricky, man. It's hard. That's you realize it's one thing to be able to play a song at home when you've been playing for three hours and it sounds good. And then to go up and sit down and there'll be feedback and the mic be too far away and now make it sound good. Like that is people don't realize mm-hmm. the difference between sounding good after you've been playing for a bit and sounding good immediately. That's a total like one is professional level playing and the other is uh, it's yeah. hobbyist. Like mm-hmm. it's tr- it's very hard. Well, I I I would be so nervous uh not because i was nervous about my voice or like the lyrics i was singing like i was fine with that but just my i was so nervous about my guitar playing about fucking up the guitar playing um even though it was simple strumming i my leg would be like uncontrollably shaking when oh, i would yeah. start it's and i just be like you just got to start and go because you know I mean, it's just like playing in a, in sports or something like once you start going you you kind of stop thinking about fucking up and you're just like i just got to get through the song and hopefully you can kind of lose yourself in what you're doing 
Um, but yeah, just just to get going, it's like oh, fuck. well, it's it's. Oh, fuck. I, I tell people because I teach guitar. I tell people there aren't many people who can walk out by themselves with a guitar and entertain people. Like, I mean, like for a song or two, maybe. But like, I mean, like besides like Dylan and Dave Matthews yeah. and a few other people, like it's hard to really really carry a song and and have an, a room's attention by yourself like that's that's a challenge and i think people don't realize how challenging that really is i would say 70 percent of the time when i walk in somewhere and it's just somebody playing with a guitar i'm like eh, i'm probably gonna leave if, if if somebody's playing a piano i'm i'm more willing to like stick around leave. well you got 10 fingers on it you got <laughs> 10 notes you can play I, i'll give them a chance i'll see what it's all about or you said probably yeah, gonna leave i'm not staying for like a whole set it takes you about three measures to tell if you're gonna stay or not like, there's nothing I hate more than going to a show and f- halfway into the first verse, I'm like, what the fuck am I here? Well, I mean, if if you pay for like, you know, if I pay for a show at this point, I, I know I'm going to like it. And if it's disappointing, I'm still going to know some of the songs I play. So, <laughs> there, oh, well, unless unless my girlfriend makes me go to like some shitty emo, emo band she likes. I almost bought Third Eye Blind tickets <laughs> at the Troubadour to surprise her because she loves surprise. them. I was so glad they were sold out. <laughs> Jesus. They have, there's a song of theirs. Is that the Rob Thomas band? Is that Rob Thomas? No, no that's. that's um, it's the. No, 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 it's one of those two. That, that's the guitar line. But who's the Rob Thomas? Rob Thomas is. Who is that? That's. I was gonna say. Matchbox Twenty One. Um, the worst fucking name ever. God. I was. I was gonna say Third Eye Blind. I respect Rob Thomas, but I'm not a fan of Matchbox Twenty. Is it Twenty One? It's Twenty, not Twenty One. Actually, that was a junior high when they came out, and I I enjoyed them. They have. I thought they had some good songs. It really solidified with Santana that uh, so smooth or oh god, I like I almost I used to like cuss at the radio when it came on like. Why? Why? Yes. Really? I mean, it's yes, a bit man. over the top, but I didn't mind it. Uh, it was. It's not my favorite Santana. <laughs> no, it's not your favorite Santana. Why? It, sure. it was. It was. It was so because it was so smooth. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty polished. It's definitely like waxed to a high polish there. But there's a couple. And it, it just keeps going over and over. Yeah, but Matchbox Twenty has a one song called uh, "Back to Good," and it's a slow like ballad. It's almost like a country song that everyone, everyone here knows. Everyone here is thinking about somebody else. That's yeah. a good song. That's a legitimately yeah. good song. And they could they could write that. Yeah. I enjoy I enjoyed them in junior high. I thought that their songs were good. So I I'm not you know, but I also thought Creed had some good yeah, songs. Yeah. Creed so, did have a couple of good songs. Know, we can. That being said, you don't need to go to a Creed concert. Thank you. I was I saw Rob Thomas was talking about uh. <laughs> Um, he was at a bar somewhere and like at like probably like maybe probably Soho House place kind of exclusive and DiCaprio was there and he was like I saw DiCaprio and he was like and I was like, you know I'm fucking relatively famous he's like whatever like I'm not just some guy you know I'm fucking I'm a celebrity because I went over and was like just say hey to him and he, he just looked at me like get the fuck away from me <laughs> Rob who yeah. <laughs> and I was kind of like. Fuck DiCaprio, man. Like, you can say, I mean, and that, like I said, maybe he, but it was, I just thought it was really funny. He's like, I can go say hey to him. And it's like, apparently we can't. Like, which is really funny. <laughs> like, you're not that level of fucking famous. 
Well, <laughs> well, on that note, uh, you were listening to Pod Gave Rock and Roll to you, and we are talking about nothing because <laughs> this week we're talking about. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. That's a whole lot of nothing. <laughs> We're we're <laughs> this week we are talking about the Black Keys Little Black Submarines from their 2012 album El Camino, written by Dan Auerbach, Danger Mouse, and Patrick Carney, and produced by the Black Keys and Danger Mouse, and released on None Such. <laughs> Little black submarines operate please put me back on the I really like this song because it, it highlights a couple of things I like about the Black Keys and Dan Auerbach. I mean, the beginning kind of reminds me of some of his solo work, and then the end, obviously, is just the Black Keys at full throttle. Uh, he's one of my favorite musicians of the past uh, 20 years. It's a great song. It's a great example of how to uh, write a song that has a lot of classic kind of um, sounds to it, a lot of like just classic themes, I feel like, even even the melody almost kind of sounds like an old hymn. It represents the Black Keys pretty well, and it also stands on its own as just a really great song, in my opinion. I feel like it's one of those songs that even someone who doesn't know the Black Keys or is not into that kind of music, if you played it for them, they'd be like, I get it. I think it really is a shining moment among many for the Black Keys. Yeah, I mean, I listened to this album a lot when it came out. I was a huge fan of Brothers and... and, and you know, their earlier stuff. And I probably saw them tour behind this album. I don't know. Neither here nor there. Uh, this is a memorable song, but it's not my favorite. I yeah, I like I do like how it has two different vibes, you would you might say. And I do usually love songs that have kind of the slow ballady piece followed by kind of the rock and second half. That's basically the formula that, you know, we've discussed before. It's like kind of shooting for, for the epic especially if you have that little chant aspect at some certain point in the song, usually towards the end. Uh, and I think the song almost gets there. You know, the hook is good. The jams and the solo are great. The melody is great. Um, but, man, I just... It's hard to get past the, the name of the song. It, it was at the time, and it is now. Yeah, past the uh, but name? But overall, it's a... It's a, it's a yeah, Little Black Submarines. I just expand your mind. I, you don't. I, I never uh, liked it. I think it's just great. by the name of it. Yeah, I, I just couldn't get past it. I couldn't really take it seriously, other than it's it's got a kick ass second half of the song. I hear what you're saying. I think it's very creative. I think I think it's very like um, visual and and kind of represents just the darkness he's in. But I do think that the lyrics that come later, like the like the chorus, is kind of just it overshadows any problem i would have with the very beginning like i really like the black keys a lot i think you know along with you know like you were saying i think definitely and down at our back especially great songwriter great riff writer great singer but i've never liked this song to me and the reason why is because it's like a combination of john barleycorn by traffic and part of jethro tull's aqualung and then mary jane's last dance at the end so it's just kind of like and it's, I listen to the Black Keys, like, for the riffs and, like, these great – and the great vocals. And I just – this just they, – they sound so original in their other stuff for me. But, like, this just feels like just kind of rock and roll cliche, honestly. I mean, like I said, and he's – I think he's great. I think they're great. But this one, 
like I said, it just sounds like a hodgepodge of a bunch of shit I've heard in other songs, but just not, I don't know. And it's always surprises a big song of theirs. I really like it. I mean, I, the lyrics just, you know, should have seen it glow. Everybody knows a broken heart is blind. I think just right there is just such a classic line. Yeah, there's some cool lyrics. For like two bars in the middle, it sounds like Mary Jane's Last Dance, but that's about it. And I I didn't hear the tall or barley corn. In, in I mean, it, has, it sounds old, like some of that stuff. And almost like I said, a hymn from a previous time, almost. That da 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 That's like... Back along, my friend, don't you walk away uneasy. Da, da, da. And then it goes in like John Barleycorn kind of. I mean, to me, it just sounds like a bunch of other things. And I don't think that in and of itself is there's necessarily anything wrong with that. Sure, they're not reinventing the wheel. I mean, this is just a. But like, I wouldn't have felt comfortable you know, writing the song. I'd be like, oh, this just feels like a bunch of other stuff. And they say that, that you know, they took them a while to do this. The sec, like the, the jams and stuff, they basically melded two different things that they were trying to do eventually. Like the slowdown came later because they didn't know. Like the the having it all fast through didn't wasn't working exactly right, but I just want to go back to the lyric real quick. I mean, this is basically rock and roll lyrics. I mean, this is just a bunch of cool sounding stuff about nothing. It sounds like a man on the edge of madness or depression. I mean, it it certainly has a a really clear theme of what's going on here. Mm, but I, but I, I will concede that. It, it does have a lot of classic things to it, and I think that's one of the reasons I do like it. I love how some people can just take all that stuff and make a great hit song that we're going to talk about or that, that many people love. I mean, it does have, like, the, the operator theme. It does kind of have a, you know, Zeppelin sound to it as well. It does sound familiar. Some people can take all these familiar things from, you know, art and whatnot and, and package it into a nice hit song you know i think and to be fair i think probably part of my issue with this song and you could argue it's not fair but that i i don't like it because of how much i like some of the other stuff their other stuff feels like you're just hearing somebody's who they are this feels like i hear someone trying to write a song or trying to put a song together it kind of sounds like that's what it is one of the reasons i do like it is because it's it reminds me of our solo stuff which i really love i don't know if you've checked that out well i think i think the guitar stuff especially in the second half when they're kind of jamming and the solo and the little jams in between the verses i think that is probably peak black keys just in terms of what they sound like when you just have guitar and drums without them necessarily trying to sound like rl burnside but there's more dubs on this one. Uh, no, no, no. That part, that part, he said that when they were just jamming, trying to figure out what they were going to do, that is that comes from that just first thing, yeah. that jammy there's part. No yeah. overdubs. So he, says, he said it was the first no, take. Not in that specific part. Yeah, first take. Um, I mean, they couldn't put us on um, when they. I mean, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Oh, sure. The, the, yeah, the solo probably, but I'm talking about the like the part that comes in. It kind of sounds like What's Your Frequency, Kenneth? Um, <laughs> by by REM. And then, and that's then, what another song it does. That, that, that's what I think about. But but then they come in a banow, banow, banow. I mean, that's just that's just yeah. black keys and right there. Even they said that that the end of this song is the most the thing that sounds most like them live. It's like the purest purest form of what they've done and the fact they did it in one take they're they're super happy with kind of how that part came up to me that just sounds like generic garage rock compared to other black keys which i'm like only dan auerbach would have written this riff yes 
I can't, I can't argue with that. It, it is, it is, it's, it's very simple, but just with, with their talent, they, they really like, it's a reason that, um, we'll get to it later, but there's, there's no great covers of this song. Cause you can't really do it. <laughs> well, or it's just not that good of a song. And the only, I mean, my, my thing with the song is without their chemistry, this is just a mess song. I mean, I, re- I again, I really love the the riffs. I like the guitar playing in the end. The beginning is fine, but it's not great. It's not transcendent, and the the second half kind of saves the song, in 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 my opinion. Yeah. Because I, lyrically, I just don't think lyrically. Sure, it's reflection and regret, and you know, it could be about you know somebody having a baby or somebody dying or even i mean you know with the operator stuff he's kind of got some military hints in there that you could interpret it you know leaving to go somewhere so i I don't i just think it's kind of a mishmash of typical tropes that you find in rock and roll songs and so but you don't think that the i should have seen it glow everybody knows a broken heart is blind is a really great line you don't think it is I should, what what should you see glow? It's I, art. That, that's I don't probably know. whatever the, you want. I, it's a good, it's a fine line. It's a good, but it's not like a. It, it but I should have seen good. it glow, and then a broken heart is blind. Really, don't have anything to do with. Yeah, each they other. do. I should have I, seen you know, it glow, is, but I can't see because I'm blind. Because no, I'm broken hearted. I mean, I couldn't I make should. more sense. But it's not good enough to like for me to base a whole song on nothing. It's it's fine. It's good. So I don't want to get too far into it, but it's like I should have seen it glow. But a broken heart is blind. So he's already broken hearted. You, you're broken hearted after it's over. You're not broken hearted during the thing. So I, I don't. Well, I don't, I don't no, understand this, that. It could it, also. It's not linear. It's just like you should have seen it glow when you were together. No, okay. No. Well, but so, but you didn't because a broken heart is blind. That doesn't make sense. It couldn't be about another woman or that he's blinded from this broken heartedness and can't see any love in the world. I, that's kind of how I take it. That that's possible. Yeah. I should have seen it glow, but everybody knows that a broken heart. For me, the Oh Can It Be, the voice is calling me, is more memorable than that little end part for me when I hear the song. Just from a lyrical standpoint. Like, Little Black Submarines <laughs> doesn't stay with me at all. What's your favorite line, Josh? <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to pass on the question. I mean, I, I just God. the lyric is just so... <laughs> So not great. something like I, and I tried I you know I, I tried I was even I played it a few times and I was singing it and just nothing sticks out to me lyrically nothing Jesus Christ <laughs> mine is uh when he asks um operator to patch him back to his mind other than the one I've mentioned three or four times <laughs> <laughs> other than that one um, <laughs> but but again yeah. I'm not I'm not shitting on you here or him I'm just saying that sounds like something that you're just like stone and you're like that sound cool in this. Turns out I think they're good enough to wear you know they're 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 cool uh, but they're again I think it's I don't know if they are enough to ride on like I don't know if they're really enough to really carry it. That part where they come in to me that just sounds exactly like Mary Jane's last dance when that guitar comes in. That guitar like, is. Yes. Like yeah. I I would be like no we can't put this in the song that's another song. That's why it just kind of surprises me they did that. <laughs> yeah, I mean when Dan Auerbach calls and figures out how to, wants me to tell him how to ruin his fucking career, I'll be happy to tell him, like, well, here's how you get to nowhere, Dan. Give me a call. I'm going to tell you all about how to get to fucking nowhere. Here's how you get to So, and he, I don't expect him to call me. So, I mean, that dude is awesome. Like, I have so much respect. It just surprises me this, because they're always so fiery. They're always so, and this feels a little more, like, cerebral. Like, they're, they're thinking about it. Well, well, it fires at the end. Yes, but you know what? 
honestly, I, I think we're missing from a songwriting perspective. The melody is is way better than the lyric. Well, the melodies make me think of other songs. Because the real problem. Not that that's fine, but it's still good. You I, know, I, can't I mean, do like that. I, if I, a song I, makes me think of another song. I, I, it kills the song for me. That's I don't me. know, but I don't know if those songs. I think the one thing he adds in there that I don't see in a lot of songs is basically, you know, I mean, the the progression is basically A minor, G, D, A, back to A minor. I don't, I don't, I haven't played that many songs that go from the major, yeah. like start with the minor, then the end of the verse of the major, right back into the minor. Yeah, it's great. I mean, I there's love... a Dylan song I can think of and a Lennon song I can think of, and I I can't really think of that. There's much a Jethro Tull song. I've played. Aqua Lung. <laughs> it's like it's ex- and that's so because the first time I heard that song, I was like, oh, that's just the Aqualung part. It's not like Vanilla Ice trying to tell me he's not ripping off fucking Queen. It's not doom, 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 doom. No, I wrote that. It's not that. But it's just kind of like my mind mind immediately goes to another song. But just those two bars out of the five minutes. No, and then the next part, the change feels like John Barleycorn, which is the traffic, which it feels that the old, it gives the old vibe. And then it sounds like Mary Jane's Last Dance. And then Josh is hearing some R.E.M. in there somewhere. And Georgia, she's like, what is this song? She, it sounds like, uh, what? It? And everyone, so it just seems to be this recurring thing of it makes you think of another song. But, but maybe that's the point. Maybe the point was, hey, we're going to just do kind of a rock anthem song that's kind of an homage or a tribute in some way to other oh, so bands question, that we like and songs we is like. Is this homage? Or fromage, fromage meaning cheese in French. Uh, Sam will go fromage. I think this. Is, I think. I think this is worthy of homage. I mean, I. I don't think it's cheesy. Yeah, I, I refuse to let you call it cheesy. <laughs> it's. It's. I just named three Jesus songs Christ. that it's parts of. I mean, I just named three. I'm like. I know, but but that doesn't make it cheesy. I mean, you named three really good songs. Yeah, but like, right, but like picking lucky them I apart. Drinking. I'd be super pissed right now. <laughs> to the guitar real quick since uh that's the instrument you two play and you know i mean he's one of the better riff writers in in rock in the last 20 to 25 years i would say for sure yeah absolutely and i i think i mean just this song symbolizes how he takes stuff that we all play every day and makes hits out of it you know almost every riff i learned from our back i'm like are you fucking kidding me it's just that it's just that same fucking blues pentatonic that everyone plays, but no one else can just play it quite as nice or put it put it together the notes quite the way he does. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you got to be able to write. I was I heard John Cougar Mellencamp on on Mark Marin <laughs> this week, and I bet he was in a good mood. He just said he said, "Look, no, nah, he was. He was just like, I'm a lucky motherfucker. He's like the one good thing I had musically. He's like melodically, I can always. He's like I could write a melody for you right now." He's like, I, I don't know why or how, but I can do it. And it seems like Arbach ha- kind of has that ability. The Black Keys kind of came out of nowhere in terms of, who the fuck are these guys writing kind of hooky rock songs that really hit the pinnacle? I mean, they got just as big as any rock band has in the last 20 years mm-hmm. off the back of that sound. And, you know, I mean, you listen to this album, El Camino, and it really is just rock hook after rock hook songs. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, kudos to those guys for kind of breaking the formula. If you played all the earlier stuff with no vocals, I could tell who it was. If you tell play me this with no vocals, I have no idea, I have no idea who this song is. And that's my main issue with it. Well, I think that's what that that's once you, once you get a lot of money and you start getting all these, you know, I mean, you're getting the Danger Mouse touch. You know, I mean, this is a guy who's... Who's worked? Oh you yeah, know, I get it. I just think it's the Shins and Gnarls Barkley and Red Hot right, Chili Peppers. I think it just proves more is not always better. 
for me. Like to me, this song is. Yeah, I mean, that, I, again, I, I agree with you. I like all the. This album is is it was kind of what took a mainstream really, and it has that sound. <laughs> okay, but when you want to go mainstream, this is the sound you got. That doesn't make the songs bad. It just it's just a different direction almost. Do you guys have a Black Key song that you love that you would have oh, chosen? Give my heart away. It's so fucking nasty. Like they have a few of them, but that one's just like it's like. Like Sabbath started out as a blues band, and this sounds like uh, it sounds like Sabbath has a blue, and it's just like, mm-hmm, and it's mm-hmm. so raw, and it's so fucking like, like, it, it, like it feels like they were gonna be writing this song, they're gonna be singing this song whether anyone hears it or not. Whereas this song feels like they're trying to write a song for everyone to hear. That's my main <sighs> thing. Yeah, I feel like uh, I don't know. There, there's a lot of dark shit going. I feel like this. He was letting something out. I don't think he was necessarily being like, I need to write a hit. They didn't have any hits, hits like they did on this album. Like this song and Lonely Boy. Yeah, and, and Gold on the uh, Ceiling. Like one other song none of those album. songs I really. Gold on the Ceiling. Like those were well, like, we got Danger Mouse. We have a pop producer that can write hits. Brothers I mean, was like before, before this, that. Right? I mean, like I, I don't know. Brothers. Eh, brothers yeah, that's had true, but brothers. Huge. Brothers had tighten up and and yeah yeah. Howling. So yeah, I mean, really anything off of Brothers, I like more than anything off of this album. Exactly. Um, Next girl. Mm. So yep, good. It's a good one. So, but that, um, that being yeah, said, I, mean, so I, think, I that, think what we're getting to is it sounds exactly like what it is. It's they got a producer and they're trying to go mainstream. It, to me, it just sounds like that. And like that's I don't listen to the Black Keys for mainstream. That's for me. But that's just me. I don't think this sounds. This was this not a pop song. It's not a pop song, and I don't. I don't I'm not saying it's a bad song. And <laughs> I'm saying again, I I love the guitar playing in this song. I'm, yeah, I love the acoustic part and the, the the whole thing. I mean, the the picking is simple but oddly complicated. Not complicated, but you you can't just pick it up and do it right away. You got to kind of learn it, the picking part. And then um the end is just I mean, again, just he's playing kind of like almost Jimmy Page kind of stuff, um really simple. Like it's all everything he's doing there at the end is so damn simple, but it's just the tone he's like I feel like our back somehow is a master of tone. Like, I feel like if we picked up his guitar, you could, it would sound pretty fucking awesome because tone is half the battle. He's probably playing a $5,000 guitar into a $10,000 amp. He's playing a um, microphone. Like, that's what I'm saying. He has all the best shit on this album. It should. Well, he, he's playing a, um, Guild Thunderbird, which I'm not, I was never, I had to look that up. What that crazy looking guitar was. It's pretty sweet. He plays, he doesn't play anything really too, well known, like they're all like these weird, um, yeah, for sure. Guitars, no, he's and he always has a great sound. He really, he play, does. I guess, on the beginning, he's playing a 1930s Dobro Spider Bridge Resonator, very cool, which is pretty sweet. I think this is less fromage because I, I do think this, this is their stab at like. Zeppelin or something like that. This, this epic like '70s rock song because mm-hmm. that's not really what they do. That's usually. exactly my point. And, and I think in the second half of the song, and I again, you might be right, Jonathan. I may just dig it because I love that sound in general. And if you, you know, if you're a guy as talented as, as these two and with that chemistry, it's just going to sound good regardless. You know, because if you're rehashing garage rock, they they closed with this when we saw them two years ago. Um, I didn't know it that well, and um, it's, a, it's a great closer for a show. It brings everyone down and then back up. 
and you have that crazy yeah. rock at the end. I mean, there's so much. There's so much that this song does. It's and it, look, it's anthemic, and it and it rocks. And you know, when I saw when I've seen it live, it rocks. Um, I just like if this song comes on the radio, probably turning it. So that and that's that's so the key to me. There we go, anthemic or anemic. <laughs> look, we're we're kind of just we're kind of just rehashing now. Well, um, we're making sure that you know the, no toes are stepped on or. You know, homages were well, we, we've in, made that very. In. We've made that very clear. I'm not sure I'm clear about uh, it. <laughs> Neil, your favorite part of the song? Um, my favorite part is the uh, the chorus, the "Should Have Seen It Glow," but everybody knows. <laughs> nice. Should have seen it glow. B- broken heart is blind. Raccoon. Fuck you, <laughs> Jonathan. What's your favorite part of the song? My favorite part. Yeah, when Neil, when Neil asked about your favorite lyrics, you're like, pass, you're like, in passing. It's my favorite part of the song. I don't, I don't know, like I said, because all the parts I, that I think are cool just make me think of other songs. So, like... If you had to pick, just if you had is to pick. Is there anything redeemable whatsoever about this piece of trash? Well, once again, it's not... And nobody's saying it's a piece of trash. For me, it's kind of like... Not, let's not take our words and twist them. Yeah, yeah. Right, right, right. But it's, it's, it's kind of like... It, it, it's kind of like, you know, if some pants don't fit, it's like, what, what's your favorite part of these pants? I'm like, I don't know, man, they just don't really fuck fit. So it's hard for me to be like, here's my favorite part. I get the pockets right. No, so that so I would say when it gets into that, I mean, that's cool, you know. It's, it's cool. Okay. So you and Neon, my, mine is just the guitar playing in the second half. I enjoy it. I think it rocks. Um, the, and then the solo, I think, is very, very good. Very tasty. Very good. Um, like cheese. I'm oh, sorry. Cheese. But and also just to reiterate, in my when my opening lines, I said the melody is great. You still won't say the song. The tell me it's a good song. Tell, tell me it's a good song. I said the song is fine. <laughs> <laughs> right. So you want? That's my point. You won't say it's a good song. Well, why don't we? Why don't we change the? I don't. The, I just don't the, know what you want the, to say. The vibe. Okay, I'm fine. No, it's already fucked. And 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 <laughs> move into the vibe time section of this podcast. Uh, cue the music in three, two, one. Sorry, I think I think we need some batteries here for the uh, Steely Dan's out. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> out with the Dan, in with the Larry. <laughs> is that your backup? <laughs> yeah. B team is Larry. B team Larry should be the name of this. Podcast. Oh my goodness! Your go bot. Uh, and. <laughs> Neil, when do you want to hear this song? Um, well, I think it'd be a good song. Like if I walked into like a, a bar, just a kind of like a more empty bar, and it just came on, I would be very happy. <laughs> like <laughs> it, just just I mean, kind of a, just it, just to hear it, kind of sitting somewhere ordering a beer, it comes on. You know, where, where you're not. It's not like a crowded bar. You're just kind of getting ready to have a couple drinks, and uh, Neil, this would be Neil, a good way to kick it off. Neil wants to I drink. Believe. Neil wants to drink. <laughs> 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 that's like, gonna be beer, my answer please <laughs> having 12 beers i want to hear this I'm you're hear. like i'm three months into sobriety <laughs> i'm i'm ready um and just a side note that the video for this is 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 kind of cool but just because it's something that they do often where they basically went and filmed it at the oldest dive bar in nashville uh just for like a select number of fans yeah, the video is super and then cool. they played a show afterwards yeah. Yeah, so it, it's got nice lighting, yeah. and it's in a dive bar. And it's well done. It looks like a For the King show. <laughs> yeah, basically, it looks like... <laughs> I don't, which, which is it? Is it well done, or is it, does it look like a For the King show? 
<laughs> it can't be both. It can't be both. <laughs> well, if you if you would have filmed the Fourth of the King show well with the right equipment, it would have looked great. Oh so, yeah, I'm sure. Uh, Jonathan, when do you want to hear yeah. this song? I want to hear this song when Neil's having his beers. Good answer. Hanging out, <laughs> making him happy by not shitting on a song. <laughs> Oh, that's good. That's good. I mean, I, I, this song would be fine at a bar or at a party. I'm going to do that for the second week in a row, hanging out. Like, I'm not going to get mad if somebody plays this song. But if I'm alone and this comes on. When do next. you not want to hear this song? Um, I don't know if I want to hear the song in the dentist office. It could feel kind of isolating. <laughs> you know, and then are there any other time, any times you distinctly I don't, don't want to hear the song? Josh? I don't want to hear any songs at the dentist office. I want to hear Sailing <laughs> Takes Me Away by Christopher Cross as I'm getting my fucking teeth drilled. As I'm getting fucking Novocaine. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And, and speaking of which, let's slide under the influence real quick, talk about the influences of this song <laughs> and what it may have influenced moving forward. Right. Well, you guys have hammered home some influence on this song. Um, and, you know, I mentioned Zeppelin. At the end, it, it sounds very page. And, and the, the thing as a whole, the way it starts real soft and goes, gets heavy, is very Stairway to Heaven. Um, and the beginning, which is my favorite part, I mean, I really love that more than the end. I think the end is cool. But the beginning reminds me of just kind of some of the old picking. It almost reminds me of Jerry, kind of like the Jack some of that kind of minor acoustic guitar picking kind of stuff. And like I said, it, 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 it sounds it sounds old. And I agree with you guys, it does have a very rock and roll sound to it, um, classic 70s or before. But that's about it. I mean... I would add, yeah, I mean, Stairway to Heaven obviously comes to mind. Maybe even something like Wanted, Dead, or Alive. Um, and even, to a lesser extent, more than a feeling. Just, just the structure of the song. Um, I'd say moving forward, like, you find songs like this uh, from a band from chicago named twin peaks uh marcus king obviously our back produced him has some stuff that not doesn't sound exactly like this but it's in the same vein low cut connie even though he's a piano player like i definitely hear this song and some of some of their stuff and then heartless bastards i mean just for the good you know the guitar riffs and stuff yeah i mean i've kind of said the songs i think it is derivative of you, you've said you, you've said your piece, and now you're ready. So I to... didn't hear the what, what's the frequency Kenneth part, but I, I was actually listening to that song today. It's a cool song. I always like that song. Do you know where they got that phrase? Have we talked about this before? Uh, it's yes, but it's it's from or I've talked about it with somebody before. It's from it's like a NASA thing, no. right? These guys attacked Dan Rather in the '70s or early '80s, and they were physically assaulting him, and they and they kept screaming uh. that at him. Very, very random. <laughs> well, uh, speaking of Dan Rather, why don't we should have just told him pop under the covers for a little bit? <laughs> why don't we Why don't we hop under the covers real quick and uh, talk about the covers of this song, Jonathan? How many covers did you listen to? Mm, I didn't listen to the covers of this song. Ah, oh, damn! I know. I always look forward every week to your to your cover takes. Um, one Neil, day I'll, one what day about I'll you? Answer your call, Josh. Well, I'm with Johnny on this one. There there are no covers. Um, I tried a few for about five seconds and uh, had to cut them off. But I will take this time to just live videos of this song. There's there's one from Lowlands that's really good and from 2012. Just the feeling when he starts singing and 
crowd of a hundred thousand people are singing every word along with you, like especially when it's real soft, you know, and you can actually hear them. Like what that feeling must be, just amazing yeah. no to shit, like right? just start singing your song and you hear like just and it's not even like it distracts you; it just fucking lifts you up because everyone knows the melody and yeah. so many people love this song. <laughs> well, they already knew the melody before they heard the song. I think is the thing. Well, they had to learn the words. <laughs> No, it's great. Like I said, it, you can't, you can't oh fake those kinds of results. Like, right? Like, if if people are into it, I'm happy. I like people being into stuff. I'm into mm-hmm. positivity. Yeah, I mean, I unfortunately did listen to a, a good number of these. Our old friends, uh, the Vitamin Dream Quartet, yeah, is probably the we best just one. Stop mentioning, <laughs> they do a good job. They do. Uh, they've done every song. <laughs> the, the guitar. The guitar tribute players, our other old friends, uh, also do this song. There's a band called Talking to Turtles, which uh, has it's an terrible. annoyingly nasal voice and and no rocking part. Trampled by turtles. Well, now there's Trampled by Turtles. Oh right, Screaming at Turtles is another. And then you have yes, yeah. <laughs> I'm more of a Screaming at Turtles guy. <laughs> Uh, the, <laughs> I saw me show up if you had a show instead of the, the, the dog whisperers like the dog screamer it's the guy just screaming at fucking dogs <laughs> shut the fuck up <laughs> that would be such a shut <laughs> your fucking mouth I want to uh, see that show can we produce that show there's the subatonic with Dan Balmer which is a very jammy instrumental lot of keys uh, I know you uh, like that Devin Allman yeah and there's Devin Allman and Ma- Ma- Manny Newmeyer doing a super cheesy and even more contrived classic rock version. Um, and that's pretty much all I want to mention. We don't need to you go went, down the... You went way too far down that. I'm that impressed. Hole. Someone's got to go fucking <laughs> deep in there. It Only he can really sing it and make it really sound honest. His you voice does I mean? sound great on the song. Yeah, I, I mean, said, his the, voice yeah. always sounds great. Yeah, it, the way he's singing some of this. I would I should have said that when you asked me my favorite part of the song is that his his, his singing is always good. Now we come along around to the shoes, so it's 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 got to be a boot, right? Yeah, I, I mean a lot me, of more boots. I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, pivot here a little bit. I feel like the song is very cold, and uh, I'm going snowboarding this weekend, so it fits like a nice snowboard boot. <laughs> oh, so you're sticking with the boot motif. Yeah, yeah. But uh, you're shaving that fresh pal with yours, okay? <laughs> I do not. No, it's going to be gnarly. If you should consent to that, as your attorney, Neil, I would not consent to that. That sounds like just don't. don't Did speak. you say shaving? <laughs> shaving no, that fresh pal. Shave the pal. <laughs> you can shred powder. <laughs> oh, you should. You're shaving and shredding. Um, Shave. <laughs> Jonathan, how does the shoe fit for you? Well, I, I don't know that the, the, the shoe is the best, but I was thinking about, I think a car may fit a little more. You know those Chrysler, the C300s, like the kind of like sedan-y kind of like Chrysler, like, anyway, the thing with them is everyone's like, yeah, man, those things kind of look like a Bentley. And it's like, yeah. And then you realize it's you not like a Bentley. It's you wouldn't a go El Camino? <laughs> no, no. Well, no, <laughs> here's what I would say. If I were to go El Camino, I would say, ironically, this is more like a Ford Ranchero. It's like, oh, is that an El Camino? Oh no, it's Rancho. So I feel like that's kind of. I was just. Oh no, it's not. It's. I do love how the album's called El Camino, but it just has a minivan on it. (laughs) Right. El Camino means 
like I walk, right? So oh, it's like, not just a car. Well, it, in Spanish, it's, it's ironic that you have a car that means I walk. Oh. It's the I walk. The walk of the walk of life. The walk, and, of, uh, the walk of shame. And, that should be a Chinese restaurant called the Walk of Shame. Why isn't there a Chinese restaurant called the Walk okay. of Shame? Okay. Uh, on, uh, on, uh, <laughs> I don't know. We should we should start think, one. Should... And and on that note, <laughs> our cover of the Black Keys, Little Black Submarines. Little black submarines operator, please put me back on the line. Told my girl I'd be back, operator, please. This is wrecking my mind. Oh, can it be the voice is calling me? They get lost and out of time Should have seen it glow But everybody knows That a broken heart is blind That a broken heart is blind Pick you up, let you down when I wanna go to a place I can hide. You know me, I had plans, but they just disappeared to the back of my mind. Oh, can it be the voice is calling me? They get lost and out of time I should have seen it glow But everybody knows That a broken heart is blind That a broken heart is blind
The cover you just heard was performed by Neil Marsh and Josh Bond. Thanks for listening to Podgave Rock and Roll to You. Please subscribe and rate on Apple and Spotify. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram under the, under the handle at Podgave Rock. Next week is Josh's week. So, Josh, what will we be discussing? We will be discussing Screamin' Jay Hawkins' classic, I Put a Spell on You. Can't wait! <laughs>